celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation with the new Martin Luther plush figure. It features the 16th century reformer holding the Bible and Luther's morning and evening prayers. Go to ReformationGear.com, use the coupon code ISSUESETC, and 20% of your purchase will help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. ReformationGear.com, the new Martin Luther plush figure, ReformationGear.com, and enter the coupon code ISSUESETC. I was blessed to be raised in a churched home. My mother and father taught me that to whom much is given, much is expected. This is why identity politics can never work. Every person at his core has one particular thing that they really identify. He ran in 2008 as saying that he was open to all kinds of restrictions on abortion, and yet his administration never put forward any restriction on abortion of its own, and that's something that uh, they should be held accountable for, too. Archaeology shows that again and again. I do not know of a single discovery that shows the Bible is simply wrong. Anglican priests in Wisconsin, surrounded by Lutherans, love issues, etc. We all do it. It is as reflexive, as natural to us as any other emotion. We don't even think of it as an emotion. We think of it as a a cognitive process. It's reasonable, we think, to do this. Sometimes we even cover it over with euphemisms. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. But it is, after all, what Jesus, well, let's just say what he does. He condemns it in the Gospels. And not only does he condemn it, he tells us it's completely and utterly Unnecessary. He doesn't say do not be anxious about the little things. He says don't be anxious about anything. He doesn't say don't worry about the little things or don't sweat the details. He says don't sweat, don't worry, and he assures us that we don't need to. But we don't believe that. And we prove it every time we set our minds to worrying. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller will join us to talk about worry and prayer a little bit later. Pastor Ted Giese will be our guest. We're going to talk about the Oscar-nominated movie, Fences. The producer here at Issues Etc. saw it and he said it was kind of depressing. The guy ended up no better than he was at the beginning. We'll talk about that. A story, he says, of what might have been. Bishop Keith Ackerman joins us from the Anglican Church in North America to discuss the rejection by the Church of England Synod of a report on same-sex relationships. And then Terry Mattingly will talk with us about media coverage of a Pew Research Center survey on Americans' attitude toward various religious groups Warmed toward everybody except toward Christian evangelicals. Joy Pullman of The Federalist will be talking Common Core and its repeal in the last few minutes of Issues Etc. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is a regular guest. He's pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio, author of the book, Has American Christianity Failed? And he's with us to talk about worry and prayer. Brian, welcome back to Issues Etc. Thank you, Todd. You say that... According to Jesus, worry is for pagans, for people without the true God and without Christ. Why do you say that? Yeah, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, the Gentiles seek after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
So that so that worry for Jesus is the the liturgy of the pagans. It's what it's what the pagans do, not knowing that they have a, a heavenly Father who loves them and has promised to care for them. Their only resort is to worry and fretting. So that Jesus is calling out worry as a form of false worship. In fact, Jesus will, in another place, uh, talk about uh, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon there means money, wealth, earthly possessions. And he, and he he's talking about how money often is inviting us to worship it. And you can't do it. You can't sustain both the worship of the true God and the worship of money at the same time. And he goes on to talk about what the worship of money looks like. And it looks like worry. So that so that worry is the is the liturgy of worship of a false god of money of of yourself of this earthly life and being unaware of the life that the Lord wants to give to us. All right. So to begin with, it's not just about money that we worry, but somehow money ex, ex really does focus Jesus' uh, warning against worry and his encouragement not to worry. Is worry a sin? It is, in fact, a sin, uh, because worry is worry is to give fear to something that we are not authorized to fear. And this is one of these amazing things that the Scripture comes back to over and over, and the Catechism comes back to over and over. But we often don't, and that is the fear of God. Uh, now, now we we can speak of it in a, in a positive way that we are to fear God. But there's a important thing that happens. Uh, in, in the first commandment, when we say that the Lord alone will be our God, and that is to say that the fear of God is exclusive, so that when I, when I fear God, that means I'm not afraid of anything else. Now, this is one of the, the kind of fundamental facts of life that we find ourselves in this fallen world, is that there are things all around us inviting us, we might even say better, tempting us to fear. We're afraid of of sickness, we're afraid of death, we're afraid of loss, we're afraid of pain, we're afraid of the future. What might happen? I mean, who knows? What things are so crazy when you watch the news? We we have no idea what's and we become afraid, or we're afraid of the past that it's going to catch up to us. We're afraid of that person. We're afraid that our sins might be found out. We're afraid that we won't be able to control ourselves. There's so many things that we can be afraid of. In, in fact, the other day, uh, I, I went out um, on the street with, a, with my phone and a little microphone, and I was, at, I was just interviewing people to kind of get a sense of where people are. And I was asking them three questions. Uh, what do you fear? What do you love? And what do you trust most of all? And it was really interesting that the answers to the question, what do you, what do you love and what do you trust, almost everyone had the same answer. Uh, so what do you love? I love my family. Almost everyone said they love their family, which is great, I suppose. Uh, what do you trust? Almost everyone said, I don't trust anybody but myself. That was the kind of the common answer. But when I asked the question, what are you afraid of, the answers were all different and all incredible. One guy says, I'm afraid of being poor. Another guy said, I'm afraid of going back to jail. Another guy said, well, I'm afraid of the police. One guy, I think the most reflective of all, he said, I'm afraid of not making a difference in the world. He told me the story of being at his dad's funeral, and nobody there could say anything good about his dad. And he was afraid that that might be him when he died. Now, this shows how th there's all sorts of things that we can fear. And when, when we realize that, that fear is a form of worship, and that the Bible says that our fear belongs alone to God and, and, and no one else, then we realize worry, which is just a kind of a loose form of fear, 
is false worship. It's idolatry. You mentioned, I believe it is Luther going back to the Garden of Eden, talked about Adam and Eve in an entirely different frame of mind and spirit than we experience. Yeah, this, this I've been reading through Luther's Genesis commentary. It is the best. I mean, it is, and he and he talks about Adam and Eve, and he loves to talk about how Adam and Eve would just walk around afraid of nothing before the fall. There was nothing to be afraid of. They couldn't muster any fear at all. And this is the this is one of the one of the beautiful ways of reflecting on on paradise on the Garden of Eden. But then we see what happens as soon as sin enters the world. Then comes fear. With shame and everything else, Adam and Eve see that they're naked. They cover themselves. Then they hear the the sound of God in the in the garden, and they run because they're afraid. There's a little verse somewhere. It's in Leviticus, I think, that talks about being afraid of the sound of the shaking of a leaf. All of us have experienced that, you know, when you're out camping or something like this, and you're kind of on heightened alert, and you're because you're in the dark, you're sure that. There's just, you know, bears behind every tree that want to eat you or whatever. And you hear the slightest little noise and you and you're terrified by it. And and that's this the picture that is given to us in the in the scriptures. And and Luther will always quote that verse as our uh, as a description of of how our conscience is after the fall. We're afraid of the slightest little thing. And the scriptures call that out as idolatry. Uh, that, that that the image of God is that we fear God and nothing else. And part of the fall, part of our sinful nature, is that we fear just about everything but the very thing that we should fear, and that's God himself. And again, worry is a manifestation of that idolatry. Will Whedon, a frequent guest here on the program, talks about one way of looking at sin and unbelief is misdirected affection or misdirected love. Can we think about worry as misdirected fear, and using Adam and Eve as an example there, their fear is taken from God, or off of God, so to speak, and put on everything else, and then a wrongful fear of God. Yeah, exactly. So so that Jesus will say it so clearly when he says, don't be afraid of the one who can destroy your life, which I suppose that means just about like any, any guy with a rock or a stick or maybe the devil, if the Lord authorizes it, they can take your physical life. Jesus says, don't be afraid of that person. But be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. That's only Jesus. He is given judgment by the Father. And, and so that Jesus, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, that the only thing that we are authorized to fear uh, is the Holy Trinity and, and nothing else. So that when we displace that fear, it looks like worry. But but you see, you see what we do when we call it worry, when we call our fears of things, when we call it worry, it kind of smooths it over. We say everybody worries, and and this Todd too, which I think is really interesting, is that we we often treat worry like a virtue. We we say we when we see somebody worried about something, you know, worried about how things are going at church, or worried about how things are going in their life, or worried about how things are going in Washington D.C. We when we see someone who's worried about this or worried about that, we say, oh, that person is serious. You know, they care about it. They've they've they're doing it, almost like it's some sort of virtue to worry about a thing, and so we we use worry to kind of cover over this idolatry of fear. But Jesus says what it is. I mean, Sermon on the Mount is so clear. Do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you drink, your clothing, what you wear, all these sorts of things. Why? Why are you anxious about these things? Why are you worried about these things? You have a Father in heaven who knows what you need and who also, by the way, loves you and has promised to give you those things.
we, we don't only soften fear by talking about it as worry. We, we soften worry by talking about it as concern. And, and we actually, I think in that little move, we say, this is perfectly reasonable. This, it, it's, it's the only rational response to this situation is to be as concerned as I am. Talk about that. Well, the best pagans, I mean, our pagans now don't care about reason, but the best pagans were very reasonable. And I suppose it might be reasonable to worry if you don't have a father in heaven. I mean, it's probably all you can do. But Jesus, is, he doesn't contrast worry with some other sort of pagan virtue. He contrasts worry with faith. Jesus says, if you're living life before God, uh, who, who, who is in heaven, who spoke and the worlds exist, if you, are, if you are living life not as an agnostic or an atheist or a practical atheist or anything like this, but if you're living life as a Christian, that knows that you are created by God, that he sustains your life, that he gives you all that you need for this life and all that you need for the life to come, now worry becomes unreasonable. It's, it's, it's kind of like the parable of the unjust steward. You know, here's this guy who owed the king a batrillion dollars and some other guy owed him a couple grand. Well, he would be fine to go and demand the other guy to pay him the $2,000, except that the king had just forgiven him this huge debt. And that... And that changes things. That forgiveness changes the way the guy should treat his neighbor. So worry is very reasonable if you're a pagan, but when the Lord comes to us with his gifts, when he even hands over to death his son Jesus and says, I, I love you so much that I'm not even holding back my most beloved son, but giving him up for, for you all, how shall he not also together with him give us all things? So that worry, uh, it might be a reasonable thing for the unbeliever, but it's completely irrational and absurd for the Christian. How is it that Jesus doesn't do this? He doesn't say, stop worrying so much. Little's okay, but come on, you're getting out of hand. Or don't sweat the details, which is kind of saying, or the small stuff, which is kind of saying, don't, don't worry about the little things. The big things are the things you ought to focus on here. It's unequivocal. Be anxious about, I think the word is nothing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, now there, we're going to look at a couple of texts that that are going to replace worry with prayer. I think that's really amazing. In fact, kind of uh, where we should go. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is replacing worry with the knowledge of God the Father. And he's saying that these two things cannot exist together. When you know God as Father, then you cannot worry. You, the, the, the two don't fit together. Now, this is a harsh word of law, of course, because when we look at our own lives and we see how they're full of worry, how we fret, how, how, how we are troubled about many things, you know, we're like Martha rushing around trying to make everything work. Uh, we, you know, we just have lots of cares, lots of concerns. You know, Jesus in the end of it says, hey, you know, today has enough worries. To, don't, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, we're always going to be surrounded by these worries. But it, it points us to, to our own sinful nature where, where, where faith is fighting against unbelief. And worry is always that indication that, that my flesh, my old Adam, my, my sinful nature clings to me and is pulling me towards those things that I should not be pulling toward. It's tempting me towards a false worship of being afraid of things that I'm not authorized by Jesus to fear. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is our guest. We're talking about worry and prayer on this Thursday afternoon. He is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. 
He co-hosts a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio, and he's author of the book, Has American Christianity Failed? We're going to get into that primary text in Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life from Jesus right after this. Celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation with the new Martin Luther plush figure. It features the 16th century reformer holding the Bible and Luther's morning and evening prayers. Go to ReformationGear.com, use the coupon code ISSUESETC, and 20% of your purchase will help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. ReformationGear.com the new Martin Luther plush figure, ReformationGear.com, and enter the coupon code ISSUESETC. Did you make a New Year's resolution to get in shape this year? You'll find quality personal training and qualified instruction at Performance Fitness at Edwardsville. You can even work out for a full 30 days before making a commitment to join. Visit them on the web at PerformanceFitness618.com or call 618-692-5063. Performance Fitness can help you keep your New Year's resolution. Performance Fitness in Edwardsville. PerformanceFitness618.com Where doctrine is life. You're listening to Issues Etc. Come listen to Drs. Alvin Schmidt and Roland Elke at the third annual Concordia Apologetics Conference. Cultures in Collision, Faith in a Fractured World, this March 3rd and 4th at Concordia University, Wisconsin. You can register online at www.cuw.edu forward slash apologetics or call 262-243-4343. That's the Concordia Apologetics Conference, March 3rd and 4th at Concordia University, Wisconsin. Your pastor has been called to shepherd you as a member of Christ's flock. Doxology offers an innovative program of advanced study retreats where your pastor can be refreshed, renewed, and refocused. Find out more at doxology.us. Many pastors report that doxology has been one of the most valuable learning experiences since seminary. Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Doxology.us doxology.us when you worry you make it double don't worry be happy don't worry be happy now welcome back to issues etc i'm todd wilkin we're talking about worry and prayer pastor brian wolfmiller is our guest okay brian before we get into this text of matthew here is Jesus simply calling us to walk Pollyannish through this life? You know what I'm talking about? That term might be too old for you. But just yeah, kind, of yeah. have this, kind of have this syrupy, everything's going to be fine. Nothing but good things are going to happen to me. Is he calling for that kind of a naivete for the, on the part of the Christian? No, no, of course not. I mean, we, one of the marks of our theology ought to be its realism, that we look at the world as it is. But we also remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. So that the Lord will disconnect sometimes, and for different reasons, I suppose, he'll disconnect his promise of something and his actual giving of it. Uh, sometimes he hides it according to time. Sometimes he hides it according to sight. So he, he might promise something, but we it hasn't come to pass yet, like the second coming and the resurrection of all flesh. So we, so so our trust in that future promise, that's what we call hope. 
And then sometimes the Lord will hide the fulfillment of his promises from our sight. So he'll say, your sins are forgiven. We look at ourselves and we see, man, I'm looks like I'm a poor, miserable sinner. I deserve God's wrath every day. We, I can't see it, but I believe it. That's what we call faith, trusting those promises that we don't that we can't see. And so there's a disconnect between the Lord's word and our and reality. So we want to be realistic, but we also want to live in faith and in hope, uh, along with our love for God and for for one another. So while we want to look at the world and see it for how it is, with all its dangers and all its troubles, uh, with all its sorrows and tears, we, 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 we don't want to um, sugarcoat uh, the, the troubles of this life, the effects of the fall, the, the authority or the reign that the Lord has handed over to the devil and all this sort of stuff. Yet we, we want to give even more attention to the Lord's word. We, we want to treat the Lord's word even with more seriousness than we treat the things that we see and experience and we know in our everyday life. And the Lord's word comes to us with such rich and lavish promises with such phenomenal comfort, with such overwhelming uh, gifts, that it gives us confidence to live in this life which would otherwise run us ragged with fears and worries and troubles. We're able to live a, a life of great boldness. I think I, I, to, to know, Todd, that, the, that when the Lord says, hey, fear me and fear me alone, that he's setting us free from every other fear that would come and try to impose itself on us. And this sets us to live a marvelous life of boldness and of courage in these gray and latter days, in, in the midst of a world that's falling apart, that we can stand and that we know that judgment is coming and that, uh, and that that judgment is for our own benefit. We know that the end of the world is coming. We know that, that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We know all of these things that we can't see. We even know that we are seated in the heavenly places, ruling and reigning with Christ, according to Paul in Ephesians 2, that we have all these great and tremendous gifts. And this means that we are able to live a life free from the, from the fears and worries that uh, would beset us otherwise. So that we, so that we're able to see things. So, so that when, when Jesus says, "Don't worry," he's not saying, "Hey, there's nothing to worry about." <laughs> when Jesus says, "Don't be afraid of all these other things," he's not saying that those things actually aren't fearful, but he's calling us to to stand up against the things that would demand the worship of worry and the worship of fear, and say, "You are not my God. My God dwells in the heavens." My God speaks and the world comes into existence. My God took on my flesh and blood to die for me so that I could live forever with him. And now you come to me and want me to worry about you, a dollar bill, a sickness, the grave, the, the pain that might be caused, some sort of torture. I mean, what, what, what am I going to worry about? What, what other kind of, what we say to all these idols and all these false gods, who are you demanding of me worry? I have, the, uh, I have Jesus. And so it's not a, a matter of saying that this life is not a worrisome life. It's a matter of saying that our Lord Jesus is bigger than this. Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. So that our lack of worry is not because we don't live in a worry-filled world. Our lack of worry is because Jesus has come out of the grave, and he's given us the promise that we will also. So he asks, asks or invites us to meditate upon birds and flowers. Why? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Jesus says, oh, you got to worry about the food? 
Look at the birds. And you're going to worry about clothes? Look at those lilies. Uh, in other words, uh, the, the argument here is from the lesser to the greater, and it's the argument that goes like this. If God the Father takes care of the birds, will he not much more take care of you? And if God gives the grass such beautiful clothes, will he not also give you clothes as well? Oh, you of little faith, says Jesus. So that if God is doing all these things for the littlest parts of his creation, how much more will he not also care for us, especially in our earthly needs, as well as in our spiritual needs? So so Jesus, uh, uh, you know, he... Uh, it's it's really kind of beautiful. I mean, how he does it. He says, look, look, look at the birds there. Do you think, are they worried? They wake up every morning and they sing God's praises. And what do you do? You wake up every morning and you think, oh, no, am I going to make it through the day? Look at how the birds are. And they become for us a picture of uh, a faith in their heavenly father. Uh, not that the, I don't think we would say that the birds have have faith, but they also don't have fear. They're able to sing, and even in the middle of the winter, they sit there and they sing, and how much more should we delight who have the Lord's Word and can believe His promises? Actually, it's in, um, you mentioned Luther's commentary on Genesis, but also in his uh, sermon on the Sermon on the Mount, Luther makes a lot about that, that singing. He says, that should shame us every day when you hear the birds singing, because they're singing praises to God, and they don't have jobs they don't have houses. They got nothing. They just wait for God to feed them. And there you are walking about worrying all the time. Yeah, that's right. They don't even, and it's not like they walk around with their, uh, the birds don't just walk around with their mouth open to heaven, hoping that, you know, berries and nuts and manna falls from the clouds. You know, they, they, they go and they pick up the seeds and do all this sort of stuff. And the Lord takes care of them also through their own working and diligence. But they first wake up and sing God's praises. That's it. It's just be- you know, it's, it's really it's really beautiful. Uh, now the the problem is the beauty of the birds and the beauty of the of the lilies it shames us, you know, who who can who can hardly do anything but fret and worry and we and we, and we're so uh we're so expert at worry that we start to pride ourselves in it. And then as you said before, here at the end ver- verse 33 seek first the kingdom of god you say that he is contrasting worry with justification explain yeah. that yeah seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness that's in other words seek not first your own righteousness but the lord's righteousness this is the imputed righteousness of the gospel which comes to us by faith uh, paul says the end of second uh, corinthians 5 that god made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that's jesus taking on our sins that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Jesus says that this is the thing that we ought to seek first and foremost. His name, his kingdom, his righteousness, uh, his gospel, his promises, his word. Uh, We don't wake up and first think, what can I do to fill my belly? We don't wake up and first think, what can I do to cover my body? We first wake up and say, how has the Lord Jesus given me all, all of himself with his name and his spirit and his kingdom and his will and his kindness and his mercy. How has Jesus given all these things for me? And that is our, 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 our first seeking, our first desiring, our first longing to have those gifts of him. And then when that comes along, when the Lord blesses us with the gospel, then he also adds all these other things as well. And, and also, if the Lord doesn't add all these things, I mean, someday— Each one of us, if the Lord doesn't come back, each one of us is going to die. The Lord isn't going to give us our daily bread. He's going to, he's going to bring our lives to an end. So there will be a day when the Lord for a while stops caring about our bodies. And yet, because we have Christ and his kingdom, it comes to us as a gift. Even death comes as a gift. Even hunger, 
sickness. All of these things come to us as a gift because we have Christ and Christ has us. So f- before we take the break, the that helps us kind of properly understand Jesus' words because someone's going to say, hey, yeah, I've considered the birds there and my cat brought one home, <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, or I've considered the, the lilies of the field and they they shrivel up and yep. the weeds come in and, and uh, take their place. This is not some sort of blanket promise that somehow we will never have trouble in this life. No, no, and that's and that's the point. Is we we're, we are going to have trouble in this life, but trouble trouble will trouble us, but it won't do more. It won't destroy us. You see, it won't. We we're set free from the worship of our troubles. That's the that's this Christian boldness. Imagine imagine Saint Paul. Imagine you're the enemy of Saint Paul. Okay, and you want to get after him. You want to really, you know, you're going to trouble him. So you say, all right, you know what we should do? We should kill him. And then Paul says, hey, for me to die is gain. Oh, all right, well, let's not kill him, but let's torture him. And then St. Paul says, consider it all joy when you suffer for the name of Jesus. Well, okay, let's let him live, <laughs> which is just leave him alone. And Paul says to live is Christ. I mean, you can't, what can you do to Paul? I mean, how could you actually, how could you hurt him? Everything is a gift. And this is how it is for all of the Lord's Christians. I mean, if the devil hands us over to trouble, we rejoice in the gift of trouble. If the devil hands us, leaves us alone and we have peace, we rejoice in peace. If we have life, if we have death, if we have hunger, if we have much, if we have riches, if we have poverty, all of it is from the hands of God the Father who gave us Christ and we rejoice in it. How can you worry? Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. He is co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio, author of the book, Has American Christianity Failed? He's going to be speaking Thursday evening, March the 9th, at the University of Colorado Boulder on Has American Christianity Failed? You can find out more about that. Go see him and hear him speak at universitylutheranchapel.com. It's all one word, universitylutheranchapel.com. On the other side of the break, we're going to look at two texts. Don't be anxious about anything but... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's St. Paul. Then Peter chimes in and says, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Both of those after this. This is a message for members of Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. Thrivent Financial has a charitable grant program called Thrivent Choice. Thrivent Choice allows you to designate charitable outreach funds to Lutheran Public Radio. For more information, look for the Thrivent logo under the Donate page of our website, issuesetc.org, or ask your Thrivent representative about Thrivent Choice. Help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. with Thrivent Choice. What are some of the myths of gospel reductionism? I've written part two of an article titled Better Than Good, Failed Attempts to Improve on the Gospel in the Latest Issues Etc. Journal. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Joy Pullman of The Federalist writes about her journey from charismatic experientialism to confessional Lutheranism. The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Spiritual and religious. You're listening to Issues Etc. 
Do you long for a church where the gospel of the sinner's free justification is front and center, and yet where a robust sacramental life is confessed and lived? Do you long for a church that rejoices in the sacred scriptures as the sole basis for the church's teaching and proclamation, yet values and listens to the witness of the ancient fathers and councils? Welcome to the Lutheran Church. We are what you've been looking for. Find a Christ-centered, cross-focused church near you on the Find the Church page at issuesetc.org. If you're like me, you remember when education was about the basic skills of reading, writing, and arithmetic, and about reading great literature and history that gave our kids models of what it is to be a good person. Memoria Press's classical Christian curriculum is bringing this kind of education back. Get $5 off your next order by using the coupon code LPR. For more information, go to memoriapress.com. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about worry and prayer. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is our guest. Brian, this is an email from Lee. Psalm 37, verse 8 was a huge wake-up call for me a few years back. Don't fret. It only leads to evil is what he's talking about. And he says, I need this encouraging admonishment as I'm in a very difficult time of life with so many huge events out of control. Thanks. Your response. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's all through the scriptures, right? I mean, it's 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 really nothing more than a meditation on the first commandment, uh, that we uh, have no other gods. And when we see that fretting, anxieties, worries, and this sort of thing is a, is a kind of false worship, it's, it's giving fear to those things which we are not authorized to fear, then uh, then we start to see it for what it is and and realize that there's freedom uh, that comes in in faith and not being bound to all these false gods but and and here's an interesting thing that these you know uh, as as much as we want to not worry uh, and as much as we want to not want the wrong things, this is a part of our life, especially our inner life that is that is um, in a lot of ways beyond our control so it's it's part of the fall uh, it's part of our our concupiscence that we have a that we have broken desires that worries will simply assault us and 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 as a pastor this comes up all the time that people are they 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 don't want to worry they they hear what jesus says they hear the command not to worry but they're almost assaulted by various different worries and they'll come and they say pastor what should we do about that and and i think that these two texts that you mentioned before the break todd give very very comforting and very specific advice from apostolic advice on how to treat worry as part of our life of sanctification. In other words, that even as Christians, we can receive worry as a gift from God. So we hear these words at the end of sermons, the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. And we fail to note often because we use it that way that Paul's actually writing to the Philippians about anxiety, isn't he? Yeah. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. I always forget that with thanksgiving in my own mind. It's just, but it's there. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then, he says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that the peace of God is something that grows out of replacing our anxieties with prayer. Now, I'd like to suggest to our listeners that what Paul is saying here 
is that we treat our worries, you know, especially those pass, those things that those worries that just kind of assault us. We're walking around, and all of a sudden, we remember uh, those something, someone who who is uh, angry at us, or something that t- troubles us, or you know, we're just assaulted by a fear or a worry or anxiety or something like that. That Paul says, what what you do with that is you pray. Whenever you worry about something, that we take that as a prompting. It could be by the devil. Maybe it, 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 to think of it as a gift from the Holy Spirit, that we that we take that thing and we pray, and in our prayers, we're able to say that we are not giving to this thing that wants me to be troubled. We're not giving it the worry that it's asking for, but rather we're giving this worry to the Lord uh, Himself, who has promised to take care of us. So that you know, this this happens to me all the time, and I'm I mean I'm talking about this. It might. It's kind of the danger is that it sounds like I actually know what I'm talking about. I, I'm just a student of St. Paul here and trying to do this and doing it really terribly. But I'll be going through my day and I'll remember something. Oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't written the email to, to, to Jeff about what we're supposed to talk about on the radio. Or uh, I'll remember someone who's in the hospital. and I think, oh, I, you know, I, I just hope they get better. And those things come to me. And they, as soon as they do, they invite the, they invite the worship of worry but what Paul says is, no, uh, take it a different way. Take those things that come to you as a reminder to pray. And our prayers can often be something like this. Uh, Lord, you told me not to worry about this, but I'm worried about it, so take care of it. You know, it's just that simple. And then when we put the things that trouble us in the context of the Lord's care for us and in the context of his promises to us, it does bring us a peace. I remember talking to someone, they were getting ready to start a new job. They were so anxious. I mean, they were kind of sick with anxiety about this new job. I mean, they were sure that everything was going to go wrong, that every person was going to hate them, that they were going to be complete failures at the thing that was going to happen. Uh, they were just overwhelmed with anxiety. And we looked at this verse, and look, and I said, look at what Paul says here. Don't be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So let's take this thing that we're that you're worried about and let's pray about it so we did and we prayed and the person uh, after we were finished praying looked at me and they were angry at me <laughs> they had this angry look in their face and i said well what's wrong are you anxious are you worried still and they said uh and they said no i'm not anxious uh, i know the lord is going to take care of it and then i said well what what's wrong then how come you the scowl on your face and they said well I think I kind of liked being anxious about this, <laughs> and now I don't think I can be. <laughs> this is great. We get used to our anxiety, you know? We think that being anxious means being a responsible person. And when we start to pray about these things, then the Lord starts to steal away our worries and replace it with faith and peace, and it takes some getting used to. <laughs> it's great. Pastor Brian Wolf Miller is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. He's co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio and author of the book, Has American Christianity Failed? He's also going to be speaking at our second Issues Etc. Making the Case conference this year, November 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Our first conference is scheduled for June 9 and 10 in Collinsville, Illinois. You can register for both or for either of those conferences right now at issuesetc.org. Brian, thank you very much for being our guest. You got it. Thank you. On the other side of the break, Pastor Ted Giese joins us. It's been nominated for an Oscar, the movie Fences. Pastor Ted Giese says it is a study in what might have been. We'll find out what that means after this. 
thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by joining the Issues Etc. 300, Grace Lutheran, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Heritage Lutheran, Valparaiso, Indiana, Mount Olive Lutheran, Duluth, Minnesota, Our Saviors Lutheran, Wyndham, Minnesota, St. John's Lutheran, Algoma, Wisconsin, Our Savior Lutheran, Ridgecrest, California, St. Mary's Lutheran, Des Moines, Iowa, St. John Lutheran, Yuma, Colorado, Christ Lutheran, Kansas City, Missouri, and Redeemer Lutheran, Lincoln, Nebraska. Find out how your church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Go to our website, issuesetc.org, click support, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation joins the Issues Etc. 300, we'll publicize your congregation on the radio, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Issuesetc.org, click support, the Issues Etc. 300. The 500th anniversary of the Reformation approaches. A good time to ask, who are we as confessional Lutherans? What's our heritage? The Confessional Lutherans for Christ Commission has produced the Layman's Guide to Theological History. Go to the clcc.org and see which of these presentations and books would be most helpful to you and your fellow parishioners. And consider becoming a member with us as the CLCC seeks to help more people know what it means to be a confessional Lutheran. The clcc.org. Many Lutheran pastors outside of the U.S. receive little or no seminary education. Luther Academy provides theological triage through conferences, books, and journals. Help support Luther Academy by making a tax-deductible donation at lutheracademy.com or call 260-452-2211. Serving Lutheran pastors to the ends of the earth, Luther Academy, 260-452-2211 or lutheracademy.com. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview you're listening to Issues Etc. Christ Lutheran is a welcoming congregation in Rochester, Minnesota, providing traditional liturgy and hymns, word, and sacraments. Call 507-289-0271. That's 507-289-0271. Or visit ChristRochester.org. Christ Lutheran Church, receiving and sharing Christ's mercy. Have you been too busy to get your associate's, bachelor's, or master's degree? Concordia University, Wisconsin offers 50 online educational options. Find out more at issuesetc.org. Click the Concordia University online logo and enter the program code ISSUES to waive your application fee. Concordia University, Wisconsin is here to strengthen and support the church. Lifelong Lutheran Learning. Issuesetc.org and click Concordia University, Wisconsin online. 